Hey. Is this thing on? Oh, it is? Word, word. You are now listening to Lecture Hall, brought to you by studentunionsports.com. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Sorry I'm late. It's just like this new schedule is totally confusing. Infiltrate the dealers, find the supply. We get to be brothers? Infiltrate the dealers, find the supply. I'm a peacock! You gotta let me fly! Hey, Greg, why don't you go piss your pants again? That was like eight years ago, asshole. Now you're all in big, big trouble. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Lecture Hall, brought to you by Student Union Sports. It's your boys, it's Big Hoppa, it is Shooter Sillings, and we got another great episode for you. Before that, Shooter, hit me with the syllabus. What's up, guys? Class is in session. Before we get to the syllabus, I have to get something out of the way real quick. Go, you Northwestern, break right through that line. With our colors flying, we will cheer you all the time. You rah, you rah, rah, rah. Go, you Northwestern, fight for victory. Spread for the fame of our fair, our fair name. name. Go, Northwestern, win, win that win game. game. Ba, 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 ba. Go, Northwestern, go. Ba, 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 ba. Go, Northwestern, go. Hit them hard, hit them low. Go, Northwestern, go. Oh, man, that's for you Northwestern fans out there. Oh, man, I'm already lost my train of thought. What's on the syllabus today? NBA draft is Wednesday. You guys can go back and listen to our mock draft episode last week, I believe it was. Uh, yeah. We gave you all of your pressing draft coverage, and it's all 100% totally accurate. How could anyone make a wrong mock draft these days? <laughs> the NHL just put out their third alternate jerseys the reverse retro jerseys and i'd say about 90 percent of them are absolutely insane and the ones that aren't are just horrible like they need to yeah. go back to the drawing board shout out your uh, toronto maple leafs the mlb announced cy young winners two unanimous cy young winners i do believe yeah trevor Bauer. Uh, uh, maybe no i don't think so trevor bauer and shane beaver i believe they were both I don't think they're technically unanimous since they other people. I don't think anybody. I think other people got first place votes. I know Shane Bieber's. They said it was unanimous. I don't know. I thought Bauer was too. And oh, then uh, it could be. You could be right. I mean, I usually am. And then sticking with the NBA, we had Chris Paul get traded today. Chris Paul to the Phoenix Suns. I think the Suns gave up entirely too much for a guy that's going to retire in the next two years. And then James Harden. Of all people, went straight into the Brooklyn Nets that team up with KD and Kyrie. He saw LeBron come west and said, I'm moving east. Wow, that was creative. You know, every now and then. I might have saw that on Twitter like 10 minutes ago. Oh, that's tough. Yeah, tough scene. But it's it's already been a tough episode for me, and we're three minutes in. <laughs> Before we get on to the rest of the show, we're talking college football, the Masters, and of course the NFL. The segments that you all come to the show for, you all flock in the bunches, all thousands to millions of you flock to this programming to hear our winners, losers, and takeaways every week. But before we get to that, Hoppa, tell them about our friends over at Gibbs Grooming. Folks, it's almost time for us to safely get with our families this COVID's giving time of year. 
everybody, you need to give thanks. And I'd like to give thanks right now to Gibbs Grooming. I would like to thank them for making me look absolutely beautiful day in and day out because of the Wash Buckler soap bar. Other things like the biofuel conditioner, the beer oil, the pomades, everything, including some of their sick merch. Everything I use, everything I do is to give thanks to Gibbs Grooming, where you can go to gibbsgrooming.com, G-I-B-S-G-R-O-O-M-I-N-G, gibbsgrooming.com. You can use the code HALL15, H-A-L-L-1-5, HALL15, to get 15% off of your order today. You can do it tomorrow, and you can do it the next day. Heck, you can do it on Thanksgiving even if you wanted to, to really show that person in your life, those people, those those ladies, those men in your life, how you truly feel and show them that you appreciate them by using the code HALL15, H-A-L-L-1-5, HALL15, for 15% off. So before we start on college football, after your beautiful rendition of Northwestern, the only reason I knew I could sync up the words or like I could, uh, what's it called in music when you both sing at the same time? Harmonize. Thank you. Uh, when I could harmonize is that is the same uh, like fight song as my high school. So I don't know. I know there was a bet and I know I, I, they got more than their money's worth. Whoever, whoever you, whoever you lost to in your bet. No, there was no bet. Yes, it's every now and then you just get the urge to sing Go You Northwestern. You don't get that urge? I, I get the urge to sing Go You Mount Horeb, but that's just my that's are just you, my high school Are you days. not going to be singing Go You Northwestern on Saturday night? No, I will not. I will be singing Eat Shit, Fuck You, which is <laughs> what they do at Badger Games, <laughs> even though it's not a song and all that so, kind of stuff. So... My funny story, when I was at the Purdue-Wisconsin game last year, I was one of like four Purdue fans in the Wisconsin student section. Yeah. And when it came time for that chant, they all turned to me because I was yeah. being kind of obnoxious because we were up like 10-7 to 7 at that point or 14-7. They yeah. all turned to me and started doing the tomahawk thing from Florida State yep. and chanting that in my face. Yeah. I had never felt more powerful in my life. And then what happened after that? I mean, Purdue ate shit, and Wisconsin said F you, and <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed that. the rest of my night in Madison. Yeah, uh, but anyways, that was that was two great anecdotes uh, after a great Saturday of college football. I've, you know, we kind of talked about how the season didn't feel that it was back yet, but the Badgers are back again now. Everybody's playing. The season feels like it's back. I don't know. I'm just excited, especially there's nothing like watching Northwestern beat Purdue. I mean, I wouldn't say the season's necessarily back. Um, I don't even say everyone's playing because have you seen the Pac-12 lately? <laughs> yeah, it's They're tough. They're not playing any games. They're bringing an impromptu Sunday afternoon matchups with Cal and UCLA Yeah, on two days' notice. Yeah, it's a tough look. I think there was what? I think in total in college football, there was 12 games postponed or canceled this weekend. Yeah, tough Yikes. week for the postponements, including some premier programs like LSU, Alabama, Texas A&M. Or Auburn, Mississippi play. State for Auburn, what it's worth. State. I mean, Shooter and the boys down in, down in Tempe, they didn't play this weekend either. It's probably for the best. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's it, it, I don't know. I'm ready. I'm back. It's going to be really tough when Wisconsin 
beats Northwestern. They beat uh, they beat some good teams these last couple weeks here, these last four weeks of the football season. Uh, and then I have to like slowly start finding ways to walk myself out of the 2020 season. Didn't count just in case they make it to the playoff while still remaining that the championship would be fraudulent. Yeah. I don't know if you can just lock up a guaranteed win against Northwestern. I'm not saying it's guaranteed. I will say the game being at two 30 in Evanston versus 11 o'clock. I think that's going to be a huge help. I'd also like to point out, that I recall seeing a stat a while back that in like the last 20 years, Wisconsin's only won at Evanston twice. Um, and I there's can... never any fans there anyways, so it's not like it's the it's the home crowd <laughs> that's getting in the Wisconsin players year. Uh, you know, Northwestern is a home field advantage for just about everybody and anybody. <laughs> but I mean, it, it'll be interesting. They're Chicago's Big Ten team, even though every Big Ten school has more alumni in Chicago than Northwestern has students. <laughs> My favorite school in Chicago isn't even in D1. Go Lakers. Go Lakers, baby! Yeah, Wisconsin's only won once in Evanston since 1999. Since the year I was I was had the, so... the Badgers... Oh, that's I've had a daughter around like I don't know. That does that 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 didn't play. Never mind. Yeah, you've been conceived, born, and then conceived a child, and then you had your girlfriend give birth to a child in the same amount of time it took Wisconsin to win one game in Evanston. Yeah, look <laughs> that's super embarrassing. That's pretty that's pretty embarrassing especially when you try to take like account to the fact that like nor like we probably have like twice maybe even like three times as many wins uh as Northwestern like just in, in terms of the program since 99. We've we've literally been to more Rose Bowls and more Big 10 like you don't even have to combine them. You can this is like two separate statements. We've been to more Rose Bowls and more Big Ten championships games than times we've beaten Northwestern in Evanston, which is like an insane statistic to like have to think upon. That, I mean, you know, no one comes into Ryan Field. That's what they say. Oh, God. That's such a disgusting. What a disgusting, grimy place. It has a weird charm to it because when you walk up to it, it kind of looks like a castle. And you're just like, oh, this place looks cool. And then you get inside, you're like, okay, this is a high school stadium. But they have the best contrary. They have the best food in the Big Ten by far. Really? Yeah, because like I guess I don't um their south end zone, north end zone, I don't know. The one where the one that doesn't face uh the the basketball arena the other end zone like tucked back there it's like not like your normal concessions it's like a bunch of like independent vendors that just sell bomb food i i will admit i have never been to a stadium in the big 10 that isn't wisconsin you would like purdue because they sell their own craft beer and if you like food you would like evanston god i would love to pay eight dollars for 12 ounces of shitty indiana beer while supporting a program that i despise because of you boilermaker gold baby and black (laughs) 
gross. Absolutely disgusting. But we're back to college football. Like, I, I'm excited for the season. Like, Miami sneaks by Virginia Tech. Indiana, you want to take the victory lap on Indiana? I mean, not to say I told you so, but I told you so. I said Indiana would be good. They are 4-0. They are the tenth ranked team in the in the country, Nine. potentially the ninth. I haven't checked to see the, the new, new yeah the new rankings are live, but it 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 may be just because I'm a salty Purdue fan and Purdue lost, or it might be because I have a actual argument here. But the whole reason why Indiana is ranked so high is because after they beat number eight, then number eight Penn State, they immediately jumped to seventeen. Yep. Penn State's now 0-4. And, and then they beat a Rutgers team that looked surprisingly good against Michigan State. And that just moved them up. And then they beat number 23, Michigan, who is now 1-3. And, and that put them at 10. And obviously you're not going to drop if you keep winning. Right. So now they're going to keep going up until they lose. And the, with the whole basis of them being ranked that high is beating two ranked teams. And now both of those ranked teams are combined one and seven. I don't know if Indiana's as good as I thought they were, or if this is how good they are, and they just haven't played somebody else who is any good. I truly don't know what's going on with Indiana. Yeah, it's a very interesting point you make. And I like, to me, I I literally was just like, oh shit, Indiana's just good until you brought that up. Uh, Sunday morning and when you look at it it's like they squeak out the overtime game against Penn State then Penn State has a close game with Ohio State and you're like okay Penn State like at least is decent so that looks nice well then they get throttled by Maryland and then uh, lose to Nebraska at home a Nebraska team that isn't even um, starting their their supposed Heisman hopeful in uh, Adrian Martinez. So, how those tables have turned, I don't know. Frankly, don't care. But uh, yeah, Indiana. I mean, Penix looks good, but uh, they struggled to run the ball again against Michigan State. Stevie's got twenty three carries, eighty four yards. It's really, uh, it's really been Penix um, who's carried a majority of the load, uh, and it's been on on some of these receivers. I will say. I want to give love to. We talked about Wab Filer, the uh, what their like main receiver, but their other stud receiver, Ty Freifogel, hell of a name too in the wide receiver room. There, he has been awesome. He just had eleven catches for two hundred yards and two scores in that Michigan State game. He's he's pretty ridiculous if you, if you ask me. Um, he's already he's basically going to crush what he had last year which last year was a pretty modestly nice year i mean 45 catches for 604 and three scores uh is pretty nice and he's already at 24 for 425 and four scores this year so uh watch out for those and, and that's only in four games like he's he obviously given the chance to play 10 games even 12 games like some of these other teams uh Freifogel could really make himself known um in the terms of the draft and just uh, in a national sense so Indiana's gonna have, be interesting there we'll see Ohio State opens this weekend as 20 and a half point favorites let that sink in the number three team in the country is 20 is supposedly going to win by around 21 points over the number nine team in the country 
Yeah, I'll lock it up. You think they cover? I think they cover and then some. 21, 21 points. Is, yeah. this, is this on the basis of just who Indiana's beaten or? I think it's on the basis that Ohio State is that much better than just about anyone else in the country. All right, so let me throw this at you. With the current rankings, uh, Ohio State uh, Ohio State is at three at three and zero is ranked third. The Badgers move up three spots this weekend after um, Miami loses uh, that kind of stuff. They're two. The Badgers are two and zero, ranked tenth. Indiana ranked ninth is four and zero. Those three teams all are, are the only teams with under five games played uh, that are in the top ten, and so. To me, I don't I don't know how this can be accurate. I mean, we don't have the same number of games, and this is what you know. This is what I'm confused on. Like, people really think te- Wisconsin's the tenth best team in the country after they've throttled two just really bad teams. Like, I feel like there's a chance they could be sitting in the same place as uh, Indiana right now. Yeah, and I guess you're only really gonna find out when these teams play other good teams, like Northwestern or not. Wisconsin plays a very good defense in Northwestern this week, a defense that I saw firsthand this weekend, and can attest they are as advertised. And it took an extremely high-powered offense like Purdue's to finally score second-half points against them. And they made Purdue's offense look like a middle school, like an eighth-grade middle school team. It was ridiculous. (laughs) This Northwestern team is that good defensively, and their offense is just extremely... They're, they run the game manager offense about as good as any team in the country. Peyton Ramsey just doesn't make the mistakes that Hunter Johnson or whoever their other guy was last year makes. Yeah, they just it, do everything efficiently, and that's the Pat Fitzgerald method, and it works. Yeah, yeah it, they, you know, it'll be interesting. They look good. Uh, they, they're up to 19th. One other thing I want to say about college football um, – and then that exhausts most of my takes with college football to this point in the, in the season is that I love that the current rankings, the AP rankings currently look like at like the second or third year of an NCAA 14 dynasty. <laughs> you have like, you have like the regular guys at the top. Then you have like kind of, so, you know, like Cincinnati and BYU in there. Then you have Coastal like still Carolina and Marshall. Yeah. You have all of a sudden you go down and like Marshall's 15th, Seven and zero, Coastal Carolina sixteenth, seven and zero. Then you go down a little further, Liberty eight and zero at twenty one, and then you have Louisiana twenty uh, fourth and seven and one, and then Tulsa twenty fifth, four and one. Then like some of the others receiving votes, you got like San Jose State has five votes. Just like what is going on in these rankings? Uh, and my favorite one to do, I always love to compare that and the. Uh, and the coaches poll since they since they ask the coaches what they think and how those those uh, compare but through the season but you know if you had to give me your college football playoff give me your top six seeds go top six yep on all spot. right so Alabama Clemson Ohio State no Alabama Notre Dame Ohio State Cincinnati Clemson and Northwestern. No, I'm kidding. BYU probably. <laughs> okay. Unless, you okay. know, Northwestern wins I like out, that. I think... wins the Big Ten Championship, then maybe you get the Wildcats in the, in the four. Who knows? Would that be something? I would actually I... love it for the sake of the Big Ten. It would, it would 
really help the argument that the Big Ten is the best conference in college football. <laughs> Can you imagine that after they go like one in eleven last year or two and two and ten or some whatever they went, they go undefeated and go to the playoff? That would be like what a turnaround that would be. There's no way that like that would have to be unprecedented. There's no way there's a team that's ever had like uh had like such a turnaround. Imagine a playoff that's like it's like Notre Dame, Alabama, Cincinnati, and Northwestern. Gross. Yeah. Three and nine last year, one and eight in the conference. Turns around, plays eight conference games, goes eight and zero. Nine and zero with the Big Ten championship game. <laughs> that would be so ridiculous. The Peyton Ramsey difference. The pay- I guess so. After I shit on him last week, he looked good. Yeah, I'd have to agree though. I like I like Bama, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Clemson, Cincinnati, and then I have to throw in my Badgers. Like okay. like that. It's tough. I mean. The Badgers have a tough road ahead, and it'll be interesting to see how it shapes up. I mean, we go to Evanston, then home Minnesota. That's looking at that. That's not going to be a cakewalk. But then we're home for Indiana, and then we go to Kinnick uh, in Iowa. So it'll be it'll be a pretty wild end of the season for the Big Ten, and it'll be interesting to see if uh, any of the other powerhouses ahead of all those teams uh, find a way, you know, either lose or how everything shakes up or if Northwestern wins out, how Indiana plays throughout the rest of the season, all that kind of stuff. But, um, that's enough for the collegiate. Would we like to head to what we are known for, what we talk about best in the professional game of football? Yeah. I'd also, before we just fully end the uh, college football, I'd just like to point out that Miami is still very good. De'Aaron King is a stud. Sam Howell at North Carolina is the best quarterback North Carolina has ever had. Shout out, Mitch. <laughs> Shout out, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> he looked incredible this week against, what was it? They played Wake? Wake Forest, yep. Yeah, against Wake Forest of all teams. And so- then... When I was so, if you haven't listened, we, we you and I did a little, um, did a little uh, pregame, uh, little pregame locker room uh, talking about college football on Saturday. When I was got my bets in just before the bell that were losers, um, I I had seen UNC Wake Forest. The over was seventy. Just just for frame of reference, the score was. Uh, 35 to 24 at halftime so that's that's the over right there they literally hit the over at halftime and the final score was 59 to 53 yeah i wish purdue could play a game like that and then win yeah it sucks to be on the losing end of those yeah it really really does (laughs) you probably speak from a little too much experience 2018 against mizzou specifically touchdown got reversed that was clearly a touchdown i was laying in my bed dying of kidney stones tough scene that's tough it was a tough day all around for me speaking of tough right now vikings bears halftime seven to six good all nfc norse football yeah that was gonna we i my biggest loser was gonna be us the fans for having to watch that game in prime time and my biggest winner was going to be us for recording our show during it and not watching that game. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, no TV. We're in the kids' room here. I'm good. So as long as you're good, then we, like, we're good. 
Oh, I am very good. Hoppa, who is your week 11 biggest winner? 10, but close. Close enough. They're all numbers in the end. <laughs> They're all numbers. My biggest winner from week 10, Derek Carr. Hmm. Interesting, I know. Derek Carr is the biggest winner, the, the biggest winner from week of thin. <laughs> that was okay, weird. Borat. <laughs> <laughs> I like Derek Carr. Very nice. <laughs> Play a very nice game. <laughs> no, he, he did not look that great. He was 16 of 25 for 154. He was carried by running back Josh Jacobs. 21 carries for 112 and two scores on the back of four interceptions from Drew Locke. Uh, I'm not going to comment on that. But Vegas moves to 6-3 and three this season. This is really the worst car has looked, and I would call I would say that that is a relative term. Um, overall, the Raiders look good. They they were what? This is three in a row now for them. Yeah, they've won three games in a row after last week that that uh, San Diego call gets overturned. Uh, but they look good. You got to be able to win when uh, it's least expected. I think, and not not to say they weren't expected to win that game because they were favored in that game, but when your your quarterback who's completing seventy percent of his passes doesn't look that great, uh, you know, only throws for one hundred and fifty yards, doesn't add any touchdowns, but doesn't throw the ball uh, to the other team. I think that's huge. They're fifth right now as we look at the standings, just a spot behind your six and three, Indianapolis Colts. The AFC is in. Both conferences, for the most part, are have some weird tiebreakers, but the AFC more so. Uh, but Derek Carr gets a win from his team in a really important spot in a divisional game without having to do too much. That's big. Who's your yeah. Week 10 biggest winner? Uh, fun fact, uh, the NFL has nine teams currently sitting at 6-3. and three. Do you want to do you want to do you want to give a take on who you think the best team is? That's between Miami, Baltimore, Cleveland, Indy, Tennessee, Vegas, uh, Arizona, the Rams, and Seattle. I sure as hell wouldn't want to play Arizona. That's for sure. I'll touch on that one later. Ooh. But I don't want to play them. Um, I'd put the Colts in the top five just because of their defense. <laughs> you're like out of these nine teams i think my team is in the bottom half just just under half the top or the bottom half you know depending on how you look at the glass they're one but of the nine teams yes they'd, they'd be number one if they had an offense that was even close to their defense phil you know Get they should have signed teddy bridgewater and this team would have been really fucking good they should have signed Teddy Bridgewater. They should have signed Tom Brady. They should have signed Cam Newton. They should have signed Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota. Anybody. <laughs> Bueller. <laughs> Bueller, literally. Bring him in. Yeah. Give him a tryout. Um, I like the Cardinals. Um, the Colts are good. I, don't, I think the Browns are frauds. I think Vegas is probably the worst of the nine teams. Wow, really? Baltimore's they're Baltimore they're frauds. Lamar is a fraud. Retweet. Um, the Dolphins are in that in that group. They're yes, kind they of are. weird right now. Risky. No, Seattle doesn't look very good. None of these six and three teams are really that good. I like Arizona a lot. The rest are just kind of there. 
It's kind of it's so. They just kind of show up at their destination every week, and they play a football game. And sometimes they win them, and sometimes they don't. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. So, like that NFC West right now: Arizona, the Rams, and Seattle all sit atop the division at six and three. Um, but it's kind of weird. Like Arizona has the they're in the middle, so have scored the second most points of those teams and given up the second most. The Rams have scored the least and they've given up the least. And then you have Seattle who um, has scored the most points and given up the most points. And they're all three teams are kind of in a different part of their season and have a different outlook. So it's kind of weird right now, the way that they're sitting, but the Rams, their defense is really nice. Uh, uh, Miami's defense has looked fantastic. Miami's won five in a row. So not just have they won two of his first three starts, but don't forget about the two that Ryan Fitzpatrick won prior to that. Um, they're ripping them off right now. Uh, they have, uh, they actually have like the fourth or fifth best point differential in the NFL currently. Don't sleep on the don't sleep on the Miami Dolphins. Absolutely. And with that, do not. I'm going to go into my biggest winner of this week, and it is the Miami Dolphins. Wow. Just. Not just because they've won their three games in a row since making the switch from Fitzmagic to Tua, a move that nobody really understood. They were two and zero with Fitz going going into that like replacement, and they're three and zero since. They're my biggest winners just because of what that ownership has done with them in the last couple of years. Everyone thought they were the biggest stooges in the world for trading Laramie Tunzel and Minka M- Minka Fitzpatrick. And they trade for Josh Rosen the year after he was the number one pick, so they could, so the Cardinals could take Kyler, and then they didn't even let Rosen touch the field, and they draft Tua. Everyone thought he was going to be hurt. People thought that was a bad idea. They drafted, uh, I don't remember the O lineman they drafted, but people were saying that he was like the worst lineman available at the time. Yeah. They made all these moves that everyone said they were idiots for making. Everyone thought they were going to be the. Everyone thought they were going to be the Jets, and they're six and three. They're in the AFC playoff picture. Probably the biggest surprise this this year. Bigger than Vegas, bigger than I don't know Lamar being a fraud. They're the, definitely the biggest shock of this year's NFL season. I'd have to agree. I mean, what they've done. Um, obviously, Van Noy, he's been in and out of the lineup. He's a stud, though. Um, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately for him, he just got hurt again. I don't know what his status is, but uh, they drafted um, oh, what's his name, Christian Wilkins from Clemson. He's what? This is his second year, I believe. If I if I remember correctly, let's see. I don't remember. Uh, but so they have Wilkins in the front line, and then they have another. Uh, like I said, they have uh, Van Noy in the middle there, and then they have absolute studs. I mean. Uh, McCain, Xavier Howard. I mean, this team is like just stacked everywhere. Of course, former Badger uh, Andrew Van Ginkle is on this team. He's got two and a half sacks. I think he actually leads. Does he lead the team? No, Emmanuel Ogba has eight. So that's my bad. But uh, Ogba has eight sacks. Uh, Van Ginkle with two and a half. He's also. They've also had what? It's three. Three defensive touchdowns in the last three games. They've forced six turnovers. They're absolutely – the defense is balling out. Brian Flores deserves so much credit for what this defense is and how good they've been this year. Um, 
as long as as well as having the pieces in place. I I've I bet on Miami to uh, to win the division. I believe that was two weeks ago now, and I literally could not feel more confident at this point. I mean, after ripping them to shreds for like three weeks in a row, you put money on them to win the division. I saw good value. I know good value when I see it. <laughs> Huge value guy. Hoppa, who is your weak, whatever, biggest loser? <laughs> My weak, whatever, biggest loser this week is Joe Burrow. Hmm. Joe Burrow is unfortunately a victim. Maybe loser is not the right word, but, but he is definitely on the losing end this week. Uh, they get throttled by Pittsburgh by 26. He goes 21 of 40, 213 yards and a touchdown, which is about as good as you can go uh, when you get knocked down 13 times. I really feel bad for him. Like I said, it's not that he's not that he himself is a loser. It's not that the team lost this week. It's that they just can't keep him off his ass. Like this team is actually like kind of good. T Higgins looks absolutely legit. Obviously, no mix in, um, uh, no mix in this week for them again. But like Tyler Boyd is is pretty decent. Like even even Giovanni Bernard, who's been there for like years now, um, and been their their backup back, kind of pass catching back. Like he's looked good. But like Joe Burrow, like they just need to get some guys up ahead of him that will just keep him upright because he is he has played very well this year. Um, and people aren't talking about it because of the seasons that Rogers, Wilson, Allen, Mahomes have had, et cetera. Um, but he is he has played great. He's looked he's looked very legit. I mean, I would put his uh, numbers up against Lamar's. But yeah, this week this week he just has to be the biggest loser. I mean, get, getting knocked on your ass thirteen times that's tough. Yeah, that's not necessarily his fault that he would be the biggest loser. They decide to go go young and fresh at the quarterback position, but stayed old and decrepit at literally every other <laughs> position you could possibly ask for. Absolutely. I mean, they've got Tyler Boyd, who is, I think, a rising stud at the receiver position, but they've got they've got old man AJ and then Giovanni Bernard in the backfield, and then they have one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL, maybe only rivaled by the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, and so the Cowboys, like we said, like you could probably go to Dallas, go look under a bridge, and find somebody just as qualified right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Cincinnati Bengals need to take a page out of out of the Miami Dolphins GM's playbook and I don't know, start figuring things out, start making some moves, whether the fans think they're the right moves or not. You need to do something if you're in Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, there's clearly promise there. I mean, we had that game game a couple weeks ago at Indy uh, where they led for a majority. They lost 31-27, so that's a four-point loss. Then they lost 37-34 to Cleveland where it took a last-second uh, – or a last uh, last ditch effort from Cleveland to win that game. Then they go out and beat Tennessee handily, uh, and then they obviously get throttled by Pittsburgh. So like they're they're real close, but they just got to keep him off his ass, like you said. Who this week for you, Shuta, is your Week Ten biggest loser? My biggest loser is the families of Tredavious White, Micah Hyde, and Jordan Poyer, because they have. To look these men in the eyes after DeAndre Hopkins mossed 
all three of them simultaneously. Imagine being Micah Hyde's like son and watching dad come in after that game and you just have to look at him like, how? How do you let that happen? Uh. These, what an embarrassment for these three dudes. And they're all three very good uh, defensive backs Absolutely. in the NFL. Poyer, Micah Hyde, Andrew Davis White. Not three guys you sleep on. And they all three get mossed, disgraced by DeAndre Hopkins. I couldn't believe it. I can't believe it. I would hate to have to be like one of these guys' wives or kids right now and just have to look at them like, what? Have to go to school the next day and have everyone laughing at you like, you see what your daddy did or didn't do, I should say? (laughs) You see how your pappies sucked? Yo, Pappy just cost us the game. <laughs> I what a what a play by DeAndre Hopkins. What a game in general. You get the Stephon Diggs late score to make the Josh Allen stands lose their minds like he did it. He led the comeback against a fairly good Arizona Cardinals team. Fairly just, good. You just called them really good. Well, if they would have lost, they would have been five and three. Or five and four, so or geez, no, they'd be four and four. What am, I don't even know. Math, big numbers. six and three. Yeah, Can't you're not work. big J, not big math guy. Yeah, not a big math guy. I like to read, and sometimes I can talk. Sometimes <laughs> they, if they would have lost, I don't think they'd be as scary. But they're certainly a dangerous team, especially offensively. And then Kyler Murray just says, "Josh Allen, hold my beard." Shucks one up and says, "D hops up there somewhere." And, I mean, he caught it. He's just built different. And I don't know if it stems from him being a being a user of a product that I also use, but him and I are just kind of one and the same. We're built different. Yeah, but, Bryson looked very built different as well this week. But we'll get to that <laughs> at the end like we always do. Um, yeah, I mean, it was interesting. I... I, I couldn't believe what I saw. That throw from Kyler was absolutely fucking ridiculous. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's I, the Bills are very weird. Um, they're seven and three now, but they don't really have the defense that that like backs that up. That defense has struggled all year. Even though, like you mentioned, like that secondary is really good. Bills are just a weird team. I think personally that they're playing a little bit better than their record indicates, but that's just where we are. So would you like to tell me your biggest biggest takeaway stems from my biggest losers slash, I guess one was kind of a winner, but my biggest takeaway is that Deandre Hopkins is undoubtedly the best wide receiver in the NFL. I don't think there's even, I don't think there's a makeable (laughs) argument for anyone else. I know last year. Julio just can't stay healthy enough. Yeah, I mean, Michael Thomas can't stay on, can't get on the field this year. I guess he's finally starting to play. He can't punch his way onto the field. (laughs) Can't punch through the doors to let him on the field. (laughs) Julio Jones has been banged up, and he plays in just a horrible situation in Atlanta. I mean, Devontae Adams is probably having the best year of his career. That's not but true, I but... think he needs this more consistently to be in that D-hop conversation. 
I'd say he's close. Dev- he's Devontae, Devontae is probably the most underrated receiver in the NFL, but I wouldn't put him in Absolutely. the category as the best. If he's, he's in the top best five, he's NFL. number five. Um, uh, I'd I'd put him at five. Well, there's a, I just don't think there's anyone who can who can touch DeAndre Hopkins. I thought that last year, and then they trade him and Kyler Murray. Now that he has a fa- a formidable quarterback throwing in the ball instead of good old Texas Mitch in Houston, B- Bill O'Brien, the Stooge O'Brien trading DeAndre Hopkins to Arizona was probably the best thing that could ever happen to his career. I'm happy for him. Absolutely. Personally, I'm glad he's out of the AFC South. I can cheer for him now. Other than for fantasy reasons, love DeAndre Hopkins. Would love him to come on this show. Probably a top five NFL interview for me. Wow, that's interesting. I like that. That's very kind of you to say to him. I'm sure he'll eventually hear the sound bite. And I mean, probably and I, I give it two and two and a half years, and he'll be on. I mean, him and I are are fairly fairly related in the same way that me and Bryce and DeChambeau are pretty related, so I think it's only a matter of time before we can probably get both, if not if not one, we could maybe get both. If we're if we're not in their their posse first, geez. Because we both <laughs> use no free ads but Orson Elves <laughs> to to de smell ourselves. <laughs> What's your biggest takeaway? What was that fucking cackle? <laughs> <laughs> Sound like a witch. Oh, speaking of though, <laughs> the the uh, the crows, if you will, the Baltimore Ravens. My biggest takeaway is that maybe I'm right about Lamar Jackson. Maybe maybe it's crazy, but maybe I'm just fucking right about the guy. Look, I don't I don't have anything wrong. With the running quarterback, Cam Newton's done it well. Kyler clearly uses his athleticism. Um, But there's just a point where the guy, you have to rely on your quarterback's arm, and he is not the arm you're going to be able to rely on. I mean, at the end of the day, calling a spade a spade spade is okay. Uh, Lamar this year, he's at 64%, and you're going to ask what's wrong with that, and truthfully, it's nothing. But the, the thing that's wrong with it, is that you just lost a game on Sunday Night Football by a touchdown where he threw the ball 34 times, completed 24 of those passes, so 70%. He only got to 250 yards, two scores, and a touchdown. That's, like, arguably a career. That's, like, probably one of the better games of his career. Um, And then on top of that, you lose the game where what you do best is, uh, is run the ball. And it's raining. It's disgusting out. Like, you need to run the ball there you stuff it down their throats. Like what? I don't know. I don't really understand what they're doing. He only had 11 carries for 55 yards. So uh, credit where it's due um, for Bill Belichick, but he, he really stymied what they had going on there. Uh, Lamar this year, he's got 1700 yards. So there's a good chance that he maybe eclipses the 3,100 mark last year, only 14 scores and five and five picks, which is one less than last year. Um, it's, there's a point where people just figure it out and there's only so many packages you can run. Um, you just have to rely on the other athletes that are on your team. You can't build around an athletic quarterback because he, he only has so many runs, so many, uh, and he threw the ball 34 times when your quarterback throws the ball 34 times, you should be winning that game, especially when he's completing 70%. Like 
clearly when he's inaccurate, then you're screwed for the most part, unless you're averaging like six yards a carry like they can. Otherwise, like, you know, you're going to have to hope he runs for, he throws for 175 and runs for another 100 uh, just because he's a better athlete. But look, like I said, it's okay to call a spade a spade. That's my biggest takeaway. You can, you can call people what they are, even if they're on your own team. You can, you can be realistic about things and not, you shouldn't be able to just get a ton of backlash for no reason. Yeah. I think what you said about not being able to fully build around that athletic quarterback, unless it is like a Patrick Mahomes or Michael Vick. Um, I think honestly, maybe even RG three could have been one of those guys. If he didn't suffer the injuries that he had, it's what makes it interesting to see what the Cardinals are going to do with Kyler Murray going forward. Is this kind of a one-off year where people haven't quite figured him out? So he's playing very well, but give him a full off season after they've kind of seen the full potential of what you could be. Dude, they kind of treat Kyler Murray like Lamar is getting treated right now. That's going to be interesting to see whether uh, Murray can continue seeing success in the ways that Lamar Jackson currently isn't. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. I mean, last year, you look at Kyler's stats, because they are really, truly inverses of each other. I mean, granted, it was a last-ditch effort, and it was a lot of yards, but, I mean, 32 attempts, 68%, 245, and a touchdown for Kyler against Buffalo. So a very similar stat line. But 2019 to 2020, I mean, the team goes 5-10-1. He completes 64%. This is being uh, – this is Kyler – 3,700 yards, only 20 touchdowns and 12 picks. Uh, sacked a league leading 48 times, though. And now this year, they're six and three. The defense is playing a little bit better. He's at six. He's completing four percent, almost exactly four percent more uh, percent of his passes. He's at 2,300 yards already. So he's going to get right around that 4,000 yard mark again. Um, he's probably going to be right around that 3,700 again. He's already got 17 touchdowns, three off of last year. He does have eight picks already, uh, but it's the touchdown percentage that's higher. Uh, it's his yards per attempt that's higher. Obviously, you give him a, a better wide receiver to throw to, that helps. His QBR is up almost 20 points, and he's he's been sacked basically one-fourth of the times that he was last year. So he's on a much lesser pace for, for ending up. When one of the most athletic dudes uh, in the game is on his ass a league-leading amount of times in 48, and then you cut that shit, probably it's going to end up in half. Like, yeah, no wonder you've already got more wins than you did last year. So, uh, and then obviously inversely, like where where uh, where um, Jackson is and the the difference. I mean. Year to year, you go thirteen and two. Electricity out the out the window. Obviously, um, you know, thirty six touchdowns, but that's not indicative of quite of how he is throwing the ball. Uh, he had the most. I think he had the most touchdowns. It was like sixteen touchdowns uh, inside like five or ten yards uh, inside the five or ten yards. So um, everything's with a grain of salt. Look, numbers don't lie. He's already been sacked too. Actually, this is interesting. Lamar has been sacked 23 times, which is exactly the same as last year. Um, so it's just two different teams trending two different ways. And one team brought guys in another drafted a running back that they have to get the ball to. Well, guess what? It's hard to give. it's hard to run the ball 30 times between, a, a an explosive quarterback and then two, uh, to a rookie stud running back and then uh, an established running back as well. I don't know. 
that was entirely too much time talking about Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson, seeing as their teams are six and three and not even at the tops of their own uh, conferences right now. But it's like I said, it's okay to call a spade a spade. Yeah, I think it'll be the Ravens will be very interesting next year if they address the lack of wide receivers. I think that's going to be the biggest thing for them this offseason. And if they can do that and give him a, not that there's another D-hop out there, but yeah. somebody formidable at the receiver position for Lamar to, th- Lamar to throw to, and <laughs> quotes, throw. He tries to throw the ball. If they give him, just give him somebody, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see what he can do uh, from that standpoint. Yeah, I mean, the end of the day, to be successful, you have to have a decent defense, and you basically have to keep your players uh, as as uh, affordable as as you can. Lamar Jackson's now in his third year of his four year contract, so the, there is going to be a fifth year. Uh, but going into next year, like you said, I mean, this team is still going to be good. They're probably going to have they're going to have to draft deeper in the class this year. We'll see who's available for for there. I mean, you have guys like AJ Green who are probably might become available again. Uh, with this upcoming uh, free agency or, or in trade, but you're, you're going to have to get the guys some dudes and, and, you know, maybe be more, more efficient passing. It's really going to be interesting to see what course the Ravens take, especially with a really, really good defense. That's that, like I said, that's entirely too much on, on Lamar Jackson and dissecting what, what a team needs. Would you like to talk about Bryson maybe needing some more ores and Alps to help him with that game? He that needs game, that iron game, that everything this weekend. Man, he just needs to stop talking. Coming par 67 out, was tough. Par, coming out before the Masters and calling Augusta par 67 just to shoot in the 70s twice is um, a tough look for for my guy. Yeah, I mean, you need I mean, I just need your thoughts like first and foremost because like you said he shot in the 70s twice. Um and so like we're I mean, he was supposed to destroy this thing and I mean, I think we both knew coming in Augusta whether or not how much they actually can do is wasn't going to let that happen, but like he's now the the what it's going to turn to it next year is Bryson's bad at Augusta. What's the result this year? Uh, I think I don't think there was really anything Augusta could have done to the course. They just kind of got lucky that, uh, with how wet it was. How like Bryson's extreme length really? It was just his carry yardage that put him in a fairly similar spot that mo um. Than to what he like would have been there last year when he was hitting the ball that far on the roll, so he wasn't really playing a whole lot different of a golf course than what he was playing in years past. I don't think, and the style of golf that he was expected to play is exactly what DJ did and why he shot twenty under and just destroyed Augusta. He just played Bryson's game better than Bryson could play his game. Yeah, I mean, DJ sets the weekend record, right? Masters record for lowest I think score. He shot the total the total lowest score in Masters history. Yeah, I mean, he was fucking lights out. I mean, and I pose this question to you too, as as and I don't know if maybe I didn't word it correctly, and I I think I I think we were still on the same page there, but like, 
when DJ gets going, there are very, very few people who just are get so fucking hot and hit the shots that he can hit. Well, I think, I think three. There were three other golfers in in the field that do the same thing, and that is Roy McIlroy, Brooks Kepka, and Justin Thomas, who are all there on Sunday. Those three guys, when they get when they get hot, no one can touch any of those three. You just haven't seen Rory really get that hot in the last seven years. Every now and then, like the players and pretty much every other time, other than a than a major, it seems like any tournament that's not a major, you can see the Rory get hot. When Justin Thomas gets hot, there is no touching him. And when Brooks gets hot, we've seen it in four majors now. When he gets going. He Brooks mentally is Tiger Woods on the golf course. Nothing can face him, and he turns into the Terminator when he's going. I think if Dustin Johnson could adopt that kind of Terminator Tiger Woods mentality, then he would be absolutely untouchable all the time. Interesting. But I like that. DJ's very like free and easygoing. Paulina. And no, I don't think anyone's necessarily scared of him. Right. In the way that the guys would like fear Tiger. Well, I mean, even this year we saw Brooks at, was that at Harding Park where he said he, where Brooks made the joke about DJ leading essentially. Yeah. And then Brooks, obviously he ended up shot like a 64 or 74, or like 76 or some shit. But yeah, um, I, I'm just waiting for the, for the time personally to see DJ become the guy who is at least more known of a closer. Um, because I just I don't know DJ is just so weird and I don't know if it's because he just he like acts like an idiot like not not like does dumb shit but just like he acts so like carefree and that that's why I love him but I just I like seeing guys like him him win I wish I wish JT would have won also but yeah like if Justin Thomas is leading a golf tournament he doesn't look at the leaderboard seeing DJ three back and say oh shit DJ's coming. The same way he would look at Tiger being three back and be like, "Oh, it's Tiger!" Like, "Oh Absolutely. crap!" No, no one does that. It was even, I think it was the, like the twenty eighteen British Open, um, when Tiger was making his when Tiger was in first place. Uh, there was like I, don't know, I think it was like a two way tie for the lead, and then Tiger took over, and the one yep. guy looked and he saw he said, "Oh shit!" Like Tiger's in the lead, and he was only one back, and he was like already freaking out because Tiger was in the hunt. Absolutely, like, there's no other golfer who you see their name coming up behind you. You you see the leaderboard on like three, and you're like, oh, they're like five back, and then you see it again in four holes, and they're like only two back, and then you're like, oh, there's no golfer like that. There's Tiger, and everyone <laughs> else is just like, oh, like he's playing well today. La di da, hit my shot and keep going. Yeah. No one else brings that intimidation factor, and I think Brooks is the closest thing we've seen, intimidation wise, anyways. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I mean. Yeah, I don't think anybody wants to see Brooks, Brooks on them the way that some people do. Um, I do want to ask you one more, at least, thing. Colin Morikawa, I feel like ever since Harding Park, all of a sudden he's like the last couple majors and some of these last couple tournaments, he's just been like nowhere to be found. He ends up even par T44. 
he's like supposed to be this prodigy, like ready to go. But I don't know. Like he seems like he's kind of struggling lately. Do you think this is just like young guy having to get used to it or? Yeah, I think so. Just because, I mean, he's extremely young. He's not necessarily used to having that kind of pressure on him now that he's won a major. And even before he won that major, not many people knew who he was. Some people did. Not the whole world. And now that he's a major winner, going into every tournament, people know who he is. People want to talk to him now. He just has a little added weight on his shoulders that I don't know if he's... Like, obviously, he's been a very good golfer his whole life. So he kind of knows how to play in the spotlight, but I don't necessarily think he was ready for the spotlight that he now has. Yeah. I think, I mean, he's very good, and he's only going to get better as his career goes on. Um. Okay, is there anybody who surprised you this weekend? Surprised me. Sung J.M.? He looked good. Him and Fratelli... I wanted I wanted Sung Jay to win the thing. He's I, no Siwoo, but he he doesn't get the ass shaking like Siwoo, but he's close. The, my comment was the dude looks confused out of his mind at all second at every moment on the course. He just looks unbelievably confused. Like, Almost this is the child on your screen. He hits a shot and then the camera pans to him and then he's just looking like did I hit the ball? Like, where did the ball go? It's not at my feet anymore. That would be – how incredible would that be if somebody, like – what we need is, like, you know how in the 70s – oh, I forget the guy's name, but it was the pitcher for the Pirates that threw, like, a no-hitter or perfect game on LSD. Oh. What we need is we need somebody to play at Augusta on LSD and just see what happens. Like, I mean, I shouldn't say this, but we kind of just did with DJ winning. Yeah, I mean that's fair. He's just he just goes around there, just lives his life, just glides around the course, and I mean, yeah, he just does so much. Paulina, <laughs> I love when Trent tweets that. But all right, I I don't know. I don't have much more on the Masters. I was kind of disappointing. It was kind of all of a sudden DJ had the lead, and so it wasn't like, and it was like a four shot lead. So it was just like. It got close there. M got close there for a minute. Cameron Smith too, kind of like Saturday morning, but also then all of a sudden it was like three, four shots, and that's just he kept everybody at an arm's length, and it was just like, all right, well, after having like four people or was it, it was like six people at nine under going into Saturday morning, all of a sudden it was just like, oh well, this is fucking boring. Yeah, and I think people really slept on how close Jordan Spieth was to pulling the thing off, like going into Sunday. He only would have needed to post a twenty-one under, a twenty-one under round, to uh to just tie DJ all-time record. Yeah, he would have needed to shoot the Masters scoring record just to force a playoff. Which I mean, he was right there. I mean, he got to he got to four under on Sunday. He was looking really good. He just needed sixteen more birdies, or maybe throw some eagles in there, some combination to get sixteen shots lower. He just couldn't quite get there. Jordan Speed ends up plus one for the tournament. He shoots even even par. How does this motherfucker keep getting away with this shit? When are they just gonna kick him off tour? This motherfucker <laughs> shoots an even par seventy two on Sunday after birdie birdieing. Uh, so he, he goes 
bogey bird and then uh later in the nine he ends up even even on the front with three birdies three bogeys motherfucker comes out the first birdies four of the six holes uh on the um uh on the back nine and then uh bogeys uh 16 and 18 ends up even like what what is this fucking guy doing uh, Tiger took a ten on twelve yesterday and still finished better than Jordan Spieth. Literally two shots better for the entire tournament. Motherfucker yeah. carded a ten and still was two shots better overall on the weekend. All I know is betting on Spieth to win the Masters is my new favorite Masters tradition. Truly a tradition unlike any other. Somebody, hey, somebody's got to do it. I think we might be able to get him a like plus eighty eight hundred in April. Oh, there's a, they're gonna be like, wait, the, the, instead of like hitting confirm bet twice, they're gonna be like, are you sure we can refund you now? <laughs> are there early odds for the Masters already? Um, I will see. I don't believe so. Can I get Jordan Spieth at like plus ten thousand? I doubt I doubt that on my book that's gonna be the case, but uh Oh, I'm getting I'm getting the death glare. <laughs> I set the kid down. No, I do not have early odds on that. That is unfortunate. As soon as you get odds, put some money on Jordan Speeth for me. I will. I'm being attacked. Alright, before you get murdered in cold blood on camera, I think it is time for this show to end for the day thank you guys for listening don't forget to head over to gibbsgrooming.com use promo code hall 15 for all your beard oil pomade body wash needs um big game this weekend in the big 10 west it pains me to say this even bigger than northwestern purdue i know it's the game that people thought northwestern purdue was gonna be it's actually this weekend in evanston go cats class is dismissed this is